Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Betting with Babies. Today is Wednesday, October 12th, and it's week six in the NFL season. Week five was filled with great drama, from roughing the passer penalties to QB controversies and a whole lot of fireball shots. We've got lots of things to get into this week, and we've got a great show planned. Last week, we went 5-1 and one with our touchdown scorers. Our pod picks went 1-2, and two, and there's a new leader in the clubhouse. Overall, we had a solid week. We've got lots to talk about. Before we get into today's pod picks and TD scores, we've got the team that helps you balance your babies and bets, Mr. No Days Off and Maddie Stats. How are we doing, gentlemen? What's up, boys? Great time at the sports book at the casino with you guys. Second annual betting with babies conference. In some ways, I would say it turned out the way I wanted. Did very well. And in other ways, specifically the Jets Dolphin game did not turn out the way I would like. We're back to after being on top of the power ranking world, a spot that I've never seen the Dolphins in the top five. We're back down to the middle of the pack. Truthfully, probably where we belong. Maddie, what's up with you? I'm doing good. Uh, I feel like by tomorrow I'm going to be fully recovered from Sunday. Uh, the body is the body is almost right. We're almost there. Uh, so, but besides that, I'm doing good, man. Uh, what happened? You have some bad food or something? Yeah, you know, for as great as those TVs were, I swear to God, whatever they fed us at that restaurant. That FanDuel Sportsbook, the food was brutal. Destroyed. It wasn't the best food, but it was a great view. Yeah. Um, love the setup there. Reserving the table is definitely the play. We made a great play. We had table reserve from 12 to 8 p.m. with all the TVs. And uh, got to see our Jets-Dolphins rivalry. Got to, see the, got to see the Cowboys get another win. Cooper Rush stays undefeated. Yeah. And, and the turntables have turned in the AFC East. I mean, the Did Jets you- are on top. Did you see? Well, they're not on top. Technically, they're on our way. Okay. Did you see? As soon as I put it on the big screen, remember that whole debacle where, like, I needed it on the big screen, and that's yeah, right where like the game got out of reach. I went over to Danny Amendola, who was sitting on the couches in like VIP, and I basically blamed him for why the Pats game was on the main screen in the first place. You did do that. I said if if you weren't here, this game yep. would never be on. This is Patriots Lions. It's twenty six nothing. Why is this game on the TV? Yeah, you were probably less aggressive than that. But no, you, I, that's, you said, that's what you said to him. I also but, said, can we get a real football game on TV? And he, and he said, what What do you mean? I was like, it's 26 nothing, dude. Not Amendola, the, the guy that works there. I, I don't think I was less aggressive. I think that was my exact tone. He His reply was, well, I don't know the guy who controls the TVs. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> he definitely had no desire to be part of any of that. And also, surprisingly... Not the physical stature of an NFL player I would have expected. I mean, don't get me wrong. Guy's going to completely take me. But like. He was our size. He was our size. I mean, he's a 5'10 slot receiver. Yeah. You could have put him in the crowd with us and you would have never known. But I mean, the guy had 100 receptions each year and about five concussions. That's what you get from a guy that's. But he played the next week. Unlike Tua, who's got to pass everything. He's got to sit out three weeks. They didn't have those rules. But talking about Tua and that injury, that kind of played itself out in this game with Bridgewater going down. You know, we got the alert that he passed all the concussion protocol but wasn't willing to put him on the field. I mean, is that that's, that that's perception? Bullshit. That That is complete and utter bullshit. And they said he hit his head on the ground or some nonsense. It's a 
overplay from Tua. Listen, when a guy's there and his fingers did what his fingers did, right, with Tua, you got to take some precautions. It's a really bad optics. It just so happens that the Dolphins are the team that this happens to against. Again, right? Like, Tua's out. Oh, Bridgewater kind of hits his back or something. Oh, we'll just throw it a seventh-round rookie. Oh, we don't win. That's why I wasn't even that mad about it. It's upsetting. But, like, what's a seventh-round rookie going to do? Not even prepared for the game. Barely took practice reps. What's he going to do in a game? He can't do much. No, no, he can't. And I don't think I said this on Sunday, but I wish I did. But Bridgewater just should have put some sauce on it. Um, because that's what we did in a lot of things with our sauce gardener, our rookie stud cornerback who caused that fumble and got a, his first pick of his career. We'll talk more about that game. Let's not go all the way into that game. It was a great week. We had our p- touchdown parlay live all the way through Sunday night football. We needed Jamar Chase to get in the end zone and he just didn't make it happen for us. So overall solid week, five and one with our TD scores. And for pod picks last week, we'll do a quick recap before we get into this week. I took the Minnesota Vikings against the Bears and covered that spread. That game was actually a lot closer than I expected it to be, but the Minnesota Vikings covered. Teddy took the G-Men in London, so that day, our day did not start off how we planned it. I took the Packers. Oh, the Packers in London, yeah. So not a great start to the day. That happened at 9 a.m., and so that really set the tone for the rest of the day. The G-Men shocked the world, beating the Packers in London, and then Matty Stats took the Seahawks, and there were a couple questionable calls at the end of that game but they were not able to cover that five and a half spread against the saints and so there's a new leader in the clubhouse heading in to this week i sit at the top at three and two maddie stats is two two and one and teddy is two and three heading into week six this is where we're going to give you our best picks of the week teddy you've got first pick on the board who do we got I got the Bills and the Chiefs. Maddie, talk to me about this game. All right. So in this one, we have 70% of the cash and 66% of the tickets on the Chiefs. This line opened up at KC plus two and bounced all the way up to KC plus three before settling in at plus two and a half today. Mahomes and Allen are the class of the league from a quarterback perspective and are both ranked within the top five. The Bills secondary is expected to dominate a less than stellar wide receiver group in KC with all three of their top receivers coming to this matchup with a below average grade. Expect Buffalo to lean heavily on their passing game since their offensive line has a minus 21% disadvantage against the run this week. Kelsey brings the biggest advantage in the passing game for the Chiefs this week with a 43% advantage expected to be matched up against Tyrell Dotson. I don't know a Tyrell Dotson. No. Never heard of him. Like that matchup. So what are you thinking, so, Teddy? I'm thinking one reason. The first time in his career, Patrick Mahomes is a home dog. Mahomes has been favored in his first 41 home starts, which is pretty incredible. The Bills are still kind of beat up, and they still don't have their top cornerback. I will take Mahomes and the points at home every day of the week, probably regardless of who they're facing. I love that play, um, and I love that stat. Patrick Mahomes is also 7-0 and as an underdog against the spread, so that's another thing that backs you up. The money looks right in this situation. I like that pick. And I like the Bills 
Not that I like the Bills. The Bills have something. They have this block with the Chiefs, right? Like two playoffs in a row. They've lost to the Chiefs. They've seen them celebrate. You got that epic picture of Diggs watching the Chiefs celebrate in the end zone going to the Super Bowl. If the Bills are going to get past the Chiefs, I don't think it's this game. I think it's 10 weeks from now, 11 weeks from now when it's when they're in the playoffs. Maddie, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, Mahomes at home? Like, I'm not going to bet against that. I don't even understand. I don't even understand the line. The yeah, Bills look good, but like the Chiefs all like the Chiefs don't look bad. Like the Chiefs look really good, right? Like with that with that set of offensive players, and you know what's weird to me? Why aren't we talking about Odell Beckham to the Chiefs? Like, why is there no chatter about that? You know, he came out today and called out the Rams. He said they know where I want to be, and they made me the lowest offer. And McVeigh came out and countered that and said, that's not our final offer. I mean, I would like to see that happen. I mean, Allen Robinson was a good, you know, a big pickup for them this year. He hasn't panned out yet. I, I don't think that's actually Allen Robinson's fault. I just think that they're so focused on getting Cooper Cup the ball that they kind of haven't given him the love. But I mean, do we think that's the best landing spot for OBJ? He, well, he proved he could do it there already. And he was like, what do you have, like 60 yards in the first half? In the Super Bowl, well on his way to a nice day. Got him I there mean, in the playoffs. He I could. Know. I mean, you know, there's a team up in Green Bay that tried to get an offer on him last year, and he refused to sign there. They talked about him being a, a, a return punts, and he didn't like that. But that's another team that you put a number one receiver on that team. I mean, they're a Super yeah. Bowl contender. It's cold up there, though. It is cold up there, and he's a little bit of a playboy. So I don't know if that'll work out, but... You're I feel on like the Rogers Chiefs. would grind with, on OBJ too. I mean, I find him annoying, and like, he would I grind on him. Who's grinding on him? I think like Rogers, like his behavior and OBJ just like wouldn't match. I could see that. That yeah. doesn't work. Like Devontae Adams is definitely like a much more humble, like quiet number one. I mean, don't run in front of him after a loss because you nope. might get you might get pushed <laughs> pushed pretty hard. But it was a light push. It's definitely not a misdemeanor push. I saw no. he's, he's been charged for a misdemeanor. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't have fell. Protect the play. Oh, <laughs> oh. I mean, that that I wish Devontae Adams would push me like a clean hundred grand. Like I wouldn't have filed charges or anything. I would have been like, yo, just throw me a hundred k, and like I'll you'll never hear from me again. I mean, I get it why he pressed charges. I hate it, but I get it. But you got to protect the players. Like, there's no reason Devontae Adams should be in that situation. He was walking off the field. He wasn't like in the crowd. He wasn't on the stands. He just somebody ran in front of him while he's walking off the field. Protect no, the player. He could have not pushed. I get it, but like emotions are high. Like, oh, why yeah. is the guy running across the exit ramp? Agreed. Oh, and yeah, also yeah. like <laughs> he he ran very close to him, but he's still like Devontae's still like ex- like not full extension, but he did still give a little little pop. These guys I are like warriors, and bad. like they go to battle. I agree. And then, like, they run off the field, and that you want them to, like, just turn off. I, they can't just turn off. I agree. And I don't think we should, the expectation should be to, because if they had to get, get up there, right, to where they need to be in order to play in the NFL, the come down is not five minutes. You know, mm-hmm. you, you can't be. So I'm, I'm in no way saying Devontae Adams is super wrong in this. I'm just saying, like, he could have not pushed him. Yeah. He could have not pushed him. He also, like, I don't know if he knew that that was not, like, a fan trying to, like, run up and give him a hug. Yeah. It was, like, that type of interaction. So I just think that whether it's security 
or something, they need to do a better job of just protecting the players there. Yep. From themselves. Protect them from themselves. Um, all right, so lock it in. Teddy's got the Chiefs at home. First time Mahomes is an underdog at home. Lock that in. Maddie Stats, you got the second game on the board. Who do we got? All right, we got the Jets at the Packers. And in this one, we've got 65% of the cash and 55% of the tickets on the Jets this week. The line's been pretty stable all week, even with the news of Rodgers' injury. We saw little to no movement, which tells me Vegas already knew that Rodgers was injured and is playing this week, and that's already been factored into the line. Zach Wilson has a solid PFF grade, but in a small sample size, and is actually graded better than Rodgers this season. The one thing that scares me with Wilson is that he has a turnover-worthy play on 5.8% of his dropbacks, which is wow. really high for the league. Really high. Expect this week to be a low-scoring game with both teams having solid defenses and both teams having sputtering offenses. 40 spot against the Dolphins aside. I'm taking the Jets and the points in this one. I watched a good portion of that Packers-Giants game last week, and I don't care what their record is. The Giants are not a good football team. And if Rodgers can't be the Giants, they damn well won't be a mildly talented Jets team. I mean, I have not heard so many subtle jabs in one Maddie Stats recap. I'm not, I'm going to pass this over to you, Teddy, to tell me about this game. I got to cool off a bit. Yeah. So, uh, I do you, fun fact, I picked the Packers three times this season. In five weeks. And in those games, I am one and two. So I'm off the Packers for for a while. Um, Jets look decent. I mean, I'm really not impressed to beat the Dolphins. They they didn't like lose the game against the Dolphins. They ran all over us, which is the reason they won, which is impressive. And Bruce Hall looks like, you know, we thought he would. Very nice top running back. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. I like the Packers. I don't know. For some reason, maybe my brain hasn't, caught up to the Packers aren't that good this year, but I, I like, I like the Packers. The Packers are going to be back home for this game. It's kind of a short week. If you're traveling back from London, I mean, I'll give you my unbiased opinion about this game. Jets are looking good. And oh, here we it, go. It's the defense that does it. I think the defense is better than expected. We had a lot of injuries last year and players have come back healthier than ever. Alexander has been one of the best pickups of the year. He is making a difference. And the Packers defense, they should be elite. On paper, that defense should be elite, and they haven't showed up. So this is kind of an opportunity where the Packers could come in and beat the Jets down pretty bad. We haven't played them in four years. Last time we played them, fun fact, total points, 19 in the whole game. I like the under in this game as a little side bet, but I'm going to follow you, Matt. Obviously, I can't fade my Jets. You know, they've picked defensive players constantly the past couple of years. So yeah. they, that defense, you're right. Uh, to your point, Amato, that defense should be better for the Packers. They should be better. And and like we haven't heard anything about Aaron Jones this year. I mean, they just haven't been given the ball. They get pass happy too quick. And for a team like that, they should be a little more disciplined. So I'm hoping they don't make that correction this week. Maddie's on the Jets plus seven and a half. I got to say... Without looking back at the tape, this is definitely the first time you're taking the Jets in a pod pick. Is that right? Uh, you know, it, it got nothing. Gotta be. Gotta be. I mean, I took the Dolphins right. one time last year. I regretted that. It doesn't normally work out, but you're taking them. So we'll lock it in at plus seven and a half. 
Um, I'll take the third game of the week. We're heading to New York. We've got the Ravens heading to the G-Men. Maddie, what do the stats say? All right. In this one, we have 88% of the cash and 56% of the tickets on the Ravens. This one opened up at Ravens minus five and a half, dropped to five before shooting and crossing the key number of minus six today. It defines logic to me how the Giants keep winning and continuously putting up wins. They beat the Titans, Panthers, Bears, and the Packers. This week's going to be their biggest test against a Ravens team that can't seem to hold on a lead in the second half. Brian Dable has really put the cuffs on Daniel Jones this year, limiting the playbook and putting him in a position to not screw things up. Jones has only made a big-time throw on 1.09% of his dropbacks, which is incredibly low. He's also only thrown a turnover-worthy play on 2.73% of his dropbacks this season, which is trending towards an absolute career low. I think a lot of that's due to the play calling and kind of the guardrails and the bumpers. Uh, they're putting around what Daniel Jones is allowed to do with this office, and it's working. But I don't think the Gi- like the Giants aren't good. I don't <laughs> get it. It does it defies logic. It's good to have. It's good to see Saquon Barthi- Barkley healthy, and I think that plays into Daniel Jones not having to make those big plays anymore. But you're right, Matt. I mean, they, these guys they have no wide receivers. I don't don't you know don't know who they're throwing to. Obviously, they paid G- Kenny Galladay a ton of money, and he's like just he's a healthy scratch. I don't I don't know I don't know Teddy. What do you think about this game? I'm with Matt. I don't believe they're good. I would take the Ravens. What's the line, Matt? Minus line six. Is minus six. Yeah, I'm gonna take the Ravens as well. Minus six on the road. Um, I actually got them at five. So if you are going to follow this play, I try to get this pick in early. I think this line continues to go up, but we're going to lock it in officially as minus six for our pod picks. Give me the Ravens on the road. They're going to put some wins together, I think, over the next few weeks. And uh, that's going to end up being a fun division to watch down the stretch. That wraps it up for our week six pod picks. Quick recap, we've got the Chiefs. At home, underdogs, Teddy's riding with the Chiefs. Matty Stats has got the Jets plus seven and a half. I'm taking the Ravens minus six. That gives you our pod picks for week six. All right, before we get into our touchdown scores, we're going to go through our community picks for this week. We posted on the page, we ask you to drop your best locks of the week, and we'll break it down for you. One of the games that people mentioned was the Jets plus seven. So we've already covered that one, which is great. Um, the money is supporting that play, and Maddie Stats is also on the Jets. For another community kick, we've got the Vikings minus three and a half. This is the lock of the week. Let me know what I'm missing, was the comment from AL4Vegas. Maddie, what do the stats say here for the Vikings game? All right. So in this one, we have 72% of the cash on the dolphins and only 50% of the tickets. Now this was the game I actually looked at taking and I wanted to take the dolphins here, which is funny that I'm choosing between the dolphins and the jets, but I, I just couldn't bring myself to bet on. I don't even know his first name. Thompson. What's it? What's Sky- Skylar Thompson. He will be starting. Uh, Bridgewater isn't, isn't starting. McDaniel already named Skylar Thompson. I would, I would take the Vikings. I mean, a rookie seventh round pick. He's going to start a quarterback. The only thing I could see is like Mike McDaniels 
is kind of from that Shanahan tree. And it's just like that offensive wizard. And like last week he brought in Thompson and he just couldn't really do much. They didn't have a game plan. He's got a full week to design like a custom office around like what the five things this guy could probably do. Right. But, Take the Vikings. Yeah. But he I mean, just got named when Wednesday, he just got named the starter. So that was just came out a few hours ago. We if also it was had Bridgewater. G- Sorry, real quick. If it was Bridgewater, I would say take the, the Dolphins would be maybe the play. But Definitely. With, with Thompson, yeah, it, there's there's no confidence there. Uh, I'm just realizing a few folks asked about the Vikings. We also had Jay-Z. One, two, one, four also had the Vikings minus three and a half. So you're hearing it here from a diehard Dolphins fan. He thinks fade the Dolphins this week, go with the Vikings minus three and a half. A maybe the defense on the getting healthy again. Howard coming back a little more healthy, lean on the run. Still, I think it's more about the Vikings. Better team, like maybe they're just a better team all around. I don't know. It's a good. It's a good play. We'll post those numbers. We'll break down this game on the page. We'll put a post out with all the data as we get closer to Sunday. Um, All right, the next community pick. We're just going to start with two this week. Uh, The next one is on the Jags with the points, and I I think this is an easy one for the public to to want to know about. Right, you're going against the Colts. They've had the Colts number for Mm -hmm. years now. The Colts look terrible on primetime and found a way to win. And the line's not too big. So, Maddie, what do the stats say for this Jags-Colts game? So in this one, we have 63% of the cash on the Colts, but only 43% of the tickets on the Colts. So the cash is heavy on the Colts. Just looking over the quarterback side, Trevor Lawrence has come back down to earth. He's got a 61 PFF grade, so that's not very good. Matt Ryan looks like Geno Smith when he was on the Jets at a 52-5. What's interesting about this game... What's interesting about this game is where the line opened, right? So the line opened at the Jags plus seven. Now it's down to one and a half. Whoa. So immediately, the Sharps came in and bet this line way down. So they're clearly thinking the Jags are going to come in and beat the Colts. Now, it's what's in tough, Indy. It's in Indy. What's tough for a lot of bettors, if you don't realize how the line moves, what you'll do is you'll find yourself betting on the spread Sunday morning based on the numbers, but you don't realize when the big bets were actually made. So right now, huge bets came in on the Jags, bringing the line way down. And now you're also see, you're seeing the money on the Colts side. So it'll be interesting to see if this line stays around one and a half or where this goes. And with Jonathan Taylor coming back, you should see an improved offense. Um, I'm sure he's not 100%, though. High ankle sprains take weeks to recover from. Never fun. You've also seen the Jags lose, right? So now they kind of have seen their own blood type of scenario. They're not invincible anymore. They were just kind of like playing out of their minds. I think they're going to come down to earth. This is a game. I like the Colts in this game. I thought you were done with the Colts. I am done with, I'm not betting the Colts to be clear to whoever posted this. I'm, I'm saying I like your pick because I have a problem with the Colts. P Watson 58. I will not bet this game, but I like, all right, that wraps up our community picks. We'll post those breakdowns on the page. Let's get right into our touchdown scores for this week. This is where we give you our top five touchdown scorers of the week. Starting with a number one TD scorer for this week. Teddy, who do we got? Cooper Cup. Maddie, talk to me. All right. So Cooper Cup 
absolutely dominant this year. Number one overall wide receiver cornerback matchup this week is what the data is telling us. He's got a 34% target share and 29% of the end zone targets. Yeah, that's pretty dominant. One out of every three throws go to him in the end zone. It's pretty still awesome. on pace for like 200 plus targets. We just don't like the Panthers in any way. So we'll take Cooper Cup to score. Lock him in for number one. Maddie Stats, who do we got for number two? All right. For number two, we have Ramondre Stevenson. So this is a weird one. I never thought I'd be putting a Patriots running back in the TD parlay, but They've got nobody else to give the ball to. So Damien Harris is out with a hamstring injury. They've already declared Ty Montgomery out. So Stevenson has a chance to own the entire Patriots backfield, which doesn't happen often in New England. He was already trending up with 63% of the workload. So with that, you take away his biggest competition. He looks like he's got top five, top 10 running back upside this week. Yeah, I like him. Lock him in. I hate the Patriots. I like him. Hate the Patriots. I this is a grinded out type of game. Patriots are going to find a way to shut down the Browns' run game. So this will be an interesting one. Lock in Stevenson to score a touchdown this week at number two. I'll take number three. Um, back to the Ravens-Giants game. Although we think the Ravens are going to cover that one, we're taking Saquon Barkley to keep it rolling this week at home. Why do we like Barkley? All right, so Barkley continues to impress and has a monster volume with 68% of the rush attempts and 19% of the targets on the team. He gets 85% of the two-minute work and 88% of the short down and distance, so he is always on the field. The Giants' offensive line does have a 21% disadvantage against the Ravens' D-line against the run, but I'm not worried about that at all based on Barkley's volume and his pass game attention. And who else are they going to give the ball to on that team? Yeah, there's no one else. There's no receivers, no tight ends. Random question. Would you rather the Giants wide receivers or the Packers wide receivers? Packers. Packers. Packers have those rookies that at least at this point we don't know enough about where we can't like deem them a bust like we can with Galladay and even Sterling Shepard at this point. Like if you can't stay on the field, I can't really give you any value at all. Yeah, I feel bad for Shepard. He's had a tough run of injuries. And, and he looks good when he's healthy. It's just he can't play more than three, four games a year. So yeah. that's you tough. You feel bad I, for him, too. It's like non-contact injuries. It's not like like things are snapping on him. Yeah, and what I like with the Packers receiver, they sprinkle in a little veteran play with, with Cobb. They've got Tanyan, who's getting healthier and healthier at tight end. And they've got those two rookie receivers. And Rodgers went back shoulder last week with Dobbs. Not quite at the uh, Devontae Adams back shoulder throw, but they scored the touchdown. Didn't look as pretty. They're still working on it. Lock in Barkley at number three. That brings us back around to our fourth touchdown scorer for this week. Teddy, who do we got? All right, next guy we got is Travis Kelsey against the Bills. Maddie, besides the four touchdowns, why do we love him? Well, I mean, he put up a show last week, so I'm, I'm not going to brush over those. But he brings in the biggest uh, TE advantage, which we already talked about. A Expected to see coverage from a linebacker none of us have ever heard of. Uh, so I love Kelsey this week, and I think this is a high-scoring game. These two teams are going to have to keep up with each other. So Kelsey sh- should punch one in. Yeah, it seems like when you know whenever they want to get Kelsey the ball, they can, they can get him the ball. That combination is just lethal. 
Uh, and Kelsey cashed our same game parlay last week, so I've got no reason to fade him. Lock him in at number four to keep it rolling. Uh, Kelsey had 25 yards and four TDs. 25 yards. That's kind of crazy. You know, one of the touchdowns I walked away from, but I didn't realize they had called back the first touchdown. I think it was like a screenplay to their run to uh, uh, CEH. They said he was down at the one. So one touchdown was a one-yard TD. Then they got another one at the goal line as well. But, I mean, he's just unstoppable. Lock him in. Number four against the Bills in a high-scoring game. And we like the high-scoring games for our touchdown scorers, right? That's one of the first things we'll look at is, okay, give me the give me the games with the highest uh, scoring total. And we're going to find some touchdown scores in there. Stats back it up. So lock him in at four. All right, we got our fifth touchdown scorer for this week. We're heading to the San Francisco-Atlanta Falcons game. We're taking Debo Samuel. Maddie, what do the stats say? All right, so Debo Samuel is getting a 28% target share. He's getting 50% of the end zone targets, and he's also getting 56% of the play action targets, which are always high value targets, especially in that offense that Shanahan runs. He's got three touchdowns already, 21 carries. I could see him punching another one. I like the fact that they give him the ball on the ground and in the air. Just a tough guy to bring down. Always has a chance to break one for a big play. We like Debo Samuel in this game against what seems to be a really close game with the Falcons. I think the Falcons are a better team than people expect. They haven't won a lot of games, but they're in a lot of games. Yep. And so we think this can be a high scoring game as well. Give us Debo Samuel for our number five touchdown score. We're going to stick to five TD scores for this week. So let's do a quick recap. We've got number one, Cooper Cup. Number two, Ramondre Stevenson. Number three, Saquon Barkley. Number four, Travis Kelsey, and number five, Devo Samuel. Do we have any spicy stats this week? Yeah, let me read let me read some stats real quick that I found. Okay. Most red zone targets this season. Devontae Adams, 13. Justin Jefferson, 12. Stefan Diggs, Jamar Chase, Zach Ertz, all with eleven. Josh Reynolds, Garrett Wilson. Portland Sutton, Mark Andrews, and Travis Kelsey, all with nine. Garrett Wilson with nine red zone targets this season. Now, Zach Wilson bad. doesn't look Garrett Wilson's way much, so that was all Flacco. That was all Flacco. Yeah, Garrett, Zach Wilson definitely looks more towards Elijah Moore and, and they had the check down. The last name, or why do you think that is? I don't know. You would think that, you know. Yeah, Garrett Wilson's looked really good. I know he hasn't gotten as many opportunities as maybe targets that I think he should have, but I- I've been pretty impressed. You know, it's it's a problem we've never dealt with before, but it's tough when you have a lot of weapons. Like, oh, I think the yeah. Jets offense, although young, and maybe most who haven't watched all the Jets games in every play might not call them weapons yet, but I think we have a lot of weapons on offense if we can – if we can stay healthy at the QB position. Yeah, if we can get the quarterback right. That's it. And he has, Maddie said it, he's got a good P, PFF grade. He's 2-0 this year as a starter. I like it. So that wraps it up for our touchdown scores for this week. Let's get into the dad zone. Welcome to the dad zone. 
Last week, we gave out tips for how to get your kids engaged on Football Sunday. We talked about Victory Mondays, where I now promise my son ice cream when the Jets win. And so we had another Victory Monday, our third already this season, which is three more than I was expecting. And I think I'm creating a Jets fan at home. What do we got for this week's Dad Zone? How do you guys... Okay, you got a night out with the the boys, right? How do you assimilate, I think is the right word, back into the household, not feeling 100%? Are there any tips or strategies that you guys have after a few hours and a few drinks with the boys? What do you guys do? So I personally, I'm less worried drink. about the kids. And more worried about my wife's response to my behavior. So <laughs> I go real hard with the coffee. I go with the cold brew. That really gives you a little pickup there. And then it's like, you know, you're just like faking the energy. Like I go in real hard and like I will do my best to not only look less hungover, but like I will look energetic. Like nothing happened the night before. And like the moment she leaves the room, I'm like, like just lead back. But like, it's a complete fake job because like you don't want, because then it's like a thing next time you go, don't come back, you know? So yeah, you can't show any week. You can't show any not weakness. how to deal with your wife when you're hungover. <laughs> was it with your kids? It's so, a little bit of both. I mean, it's a package yeah. deal, but like, I agree with you. You can't show any weakness when you get home. Everything needs to be perfect. And you got to leave any of that hangover nonsense at the door unless you want to hear about it the next time you try to make a plan with the boys. Yep. And, and Matt's point of being like almost overly energetic is really good. But then I'm going to slide in a movie with the kids. You got to come. It can't be the first thing you do, right? You got to come home. You got to play. But the movie, the mid-afternoon movie with potentially a nap, a, a, you know, a nap is something that if you can get that in, it's solid. But that's like taking a guilty plea. A nap? Like, you yeah, you, you don't hop on a movie it. and take a little nap. No, that's why I said it's not the first thing you do. But if it's an afternoon thing or like a late afternoon thing, I was all about that. I'm all about the pep talk. I mean, for me, before I get in the house, it's a, it's a big pep talk. It's like, let's, let's put all your feelings and all, all everything. And <laughs> right now you put this aside. It doesn't matter. This is bigger than you. Get inside, be engaged, and fake it till you make it. I agree. Cold (laughs) brew is a great tip. Put that that put that one on your list. If you go out with the boys, you need a cold brew in the morning. Super weird. Really hungover. Crave subway sandwiches. Super weird, right? That's your vice. Subway Subway sandwich. (laughs) Yeah, what subway sandwich? Like the Italian meats one. I I tell you after after Johnson Wells Invitational and. Second, the uh, the annual betting with babies straight to subway on the way home. It's got to be a college thing. Did you do a lot of subway in college. It did. A lot of recruit, yeah. A lot of a lot of hungover uh, subways. Yeah. Subway is kind of like Taco Bell. Like, if I want a good sub, like I'm not going to Subway, but of like course. Subway has its place in getting things done. Like, if I want Mexican, I'm not going to Taco Bell, but like Taco Bell is a different mood, a different mindset. Subway's like yeah. that with sandwiches. Like, yeah. you could be in the mood for Subway. But like, it, yeah, there's like a thing there. Yeah, it's I'm weird. super picky at Subway too. Like when you watch somebody make your sandwich, I don't know about you guys, but like 
<laughs> I'm not typically a micromanager, but when you're making my sandwich, I'm all over you, all over you. Can you put can you put another jalapeno on there? Like, can I get like a little bit more of this, a little bit more of that? Wow, that's too much mayo. Too much mayo. Start over. <laughs> wait, wait, didn't they just change it? Can't you not make, like? Don't they not customize the sandwiches anymore? No, you can. I did. I haven't been to Subway. Oh, you went to Subway on you went to Subway on Monday? And Monday morning, too. <laughs> I mean, they may have actually just said to you, like, sir, we don't customize sandwiches. And you were just like, excuse me, you're gonna customize my sandwich. I've got an attitude with all service workers for the next two days. You know what? You know what? I was in the service industry for 10 years. Matt was telling me I was a little bit lippy. Okay. Amato, can you confirm or deny this? Little bit you know, is I was, not the word I used to describe. I was on the same page as you. I don't. I don't remember, but I. I, I have no reason to not. I have no reason to not believe Matt. <laughs> you know, it's something with you guys, though, because I'm not like this with my other friends. So it must be your your guys' fault. You know, I don't believe that. I don't believe that yeah, for a second. But don't I, dry us down. <laughs> I think it has a lot to do with the fact that we reserved a table from noon to eight p.m. in yeah. front of five hundred foot TV screens. Or bigger. I don't know how big those TV screens are. Hundreds doesn't seem like it enough. They and did Jay, such a good job. <laughs> and Jay cool. showed up. Jay showed up. Bergy, if you're listening, thanks yeah. for showing up this weekend. It was a great time. Uh, we said it again. We'll, we got to try to get back there. But for those in the New England area, if you haven't been to Mohegan and the FanDuel Sportsbook, it is a great scene on Sunday. Yep. Highly recommend. All right, so that wraps it up for this week. We've got a few tips, we've got a few uh, strategies, and we got hopefully a few winners for you this week. As always, whether you follow or fade, we hope you make some cash. We'll see you next week. Bye.